The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thanks for your patience for those who have been attempting to watch us live on day three. Again, a little bit of a fluid schedule with the pace of the draft and everything else that's that's happening with, with the team and, uh, you know, just the flow of the draft. It's caused us to be a little bit more fluid with our schedule. We've had to switch up times, etc. So sorry for those of you who have been kind of checking in and seeing if we've taken the air. Um we, like I said, a little bit of a fluid schedule given the pace of things. We kind of had an outline as to scheduling as to, you know, how the draft normally goes. But with the the online draft flow and everything, it's kind of uh, been a little bit of an adjustment on our part. But we appreciate you still tuning in, however you may be joining us, whether it's through Cincy Jungle's Facebook page, through our YouTube channel, or other varieties we appreciate it. And as always, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and Cincy Jungle. The boys at Cincy Jungle have been killing it with their coverage. So uh, approval polls, analysis of picks, um, you know, and then the annou- immediate announcement of picks, all that good stuff. So keep it there. Keep it through the weekend because all those guys, myself a little bit included, but all those guys are going to be also announcing the undrafted free agents that the Bengals will be will be uh, bringing on board. So that's something to keep it uh, tabbed on as well. So it's it's been a lot to process here, but the Cincinnati Bengals we're going to announce they're they're about eight picks away from as we sit here right now on Saturday afternoon. They're about eight picks away from being on the clock again. The Cincinnati Bengals have made five selections so far in the NFL draft. And for those joining us live, you can see this is courtesy of CBS, their, their NFL page on CBS.com. You see the picks and the grades here made. 
basically, according to CBS, all A's and B's, including the somewhat surprising uh, to some people, the defensive end pick, Khalid Kareem, the edge player out of Notre Dame. We'll talk about him. So we talked yesterday quite a bit about Burrow, Higgins, and Wilson. Um, obviously, you know, kind of value with uh, Higgins at the top of the second round. You see the rapport that those two have built from working together, working out together this offseason with Jordan Palmer and company. So they, uh, you know, a, a lot of, a lot to like about that potential connection there. Logan Wilson filling a big need at linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then on day four, they have the first pick of the draft. If you've listened to me on this show before, I said, you know, I think Akeem Davis-Gaither is a guy, yeah, he could have been a third-round target for this team, but I think he'll be available for in the fourth round or on day three because of the medical stuff. He's got edge rush ability. He's got athleticism. He's a little small, but between the medicals and his size, he fell a little bit. And, uh, you know, if, uh, he was there. I think this is exactly what you use day three picks for, fourth-round picks for in terms of guys that have medical questions, guys that have questions about size, but their tape speaks volumes. And obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals had a high, high level of interest in this kid from the get-go. And linebacker still was the greatest position of need. They addressed Josh Bynes in free agency, but you know they lost Nick Vigil. They cut Preston Brown. And behind Bynes, there are a lot of rotational guys, guys that um, maybe are more special teams guys. You know, you got your Jordan Evans, Hardy Nickersons, that sort of thing. And now you bring in these two guys who are uh, these two guys, meaning Wilson and Davis Gaither. You bring those two guys who should be able to come in and compete for spots right away or compete for roles right away. The issue and the concern with Davis Gaither, it's not just the foot surgery. I was unaware of a knee issue. I was more aware of the foot surgery he had in, uh, in March, but there are reports of a knee situation being more of a bone on bone type of situation where, uh, and that is not good there. So, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's a guy who is a, a only plays a short term for the Cincinnati Bengals, but plays effectively in that short term. Maybe it's a guy that, who comes in and, and it's not going to be an issue. It's one of those things that teams were just skittish on him and he ends up having a fine, long, healthy career. We don't know, but it is something, especially in the landscape that we're in, this, was, this is critical to note, especially in the landscape that we're in right now where teams are not able to get in-person appointments or interviews with a lot of these guys and maybe have their own medical staffs check things out that's that's why teams are, are kind of taking guys with a lot of the the medical stuff either off the board or you know they're falling real late you see you're seeing a Natan, uh, Natani Muti the guard out of uh, Fresno State the the talented kid he fell quite a bit um, you're seeing uh, Prince Tega Winogo he was a guy who fell quite a bit because he had some injury issues that caused him to sit out the senior bowl. Trey Adams, another guy from Washington, tackle, big tackle, caused him to, to fall quite a bit because of the medical stuff. So the the uh, it's it's kind of where we're at with 
teams and how they're not being able to evaluate certain players the way they want to because of the COVID crisis. So the big, then we move on and the Bengals select Khalid, uh, Khalid, Khalid Kareem, excuse me, I was going to say Karam, but I knew that wasn't right. Khalid Kareem out of Notre Dame, the edge player. Uh, a Now, th this was maybe not a, as popular of a pick because the Cincinnati Bengals, as of yet, have not taken, as we sit here, and we'll announce the sixth-round pick coming up here in just a second, but the Cincinnati Bengals have not picked an offensive lineman to this point, interior or outside guys. Right before they made this pick, the Cincinnati Bengals saw Dallas move up and take Tyler Biotich right in front of them. Uh, Jack Driscoll went a couple of, I think the pick before that or a pick, couple of picks before that, the tackle out of Auburn. So a lot, all of a sudden, right when they were sitting there, they're, they're thinking, Hey, we're going to have our pick of one of these guys at least. And both of them went right there. So I, they, they've looked, they've told us publicly whether they whether we wanted to believe it or not, that they like the state of their offensive line more than we do. You have to understand, essentially, in their eyes, and it's a, a cliche thing, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are getting essentially another draft pick in Jonah Williams, a tackle coming to them this year. So maybe they look at it that way. They like Fred Johnson. They apparently like Bobby Hart and what he showed in the last month of the season. They like the state of the offensive line more than we do. Maybe they've got hopes for Billy Price, Michael Jordan. These are all guys who should be in, in the mix for, for roles. So while some of those guys had up and down seasons, whether it be last year or the past couple of seasons, they have a lot to prove. They seem to like the state of the offensive line more than we do. The other thing to note, the Bengals have sniffed around edge rushers and rotational pass help over the past, really since last season, Shaq Barrett, was a guy that they brought in for a visit. He ended up having an outstanding season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bengals also looked at Chris Smith. He ended up signing with Carolina. They brought in Derek Wolf for a visit. They've looked at rotational pass rush help. Now, this kid isn't – my understanding of this kid and, and in reading up on him a little bit, uh, I saw someone on Twitter. I can't remember. I wish I could credit who it was, but he's, they said – Someone called him an edge rusher, and someone corrected him and said edge setter. I think that's that to me was a bit more in line with who this kid is. This is this is a kid who you know does things. He's a well-rounded defensive end, kind of like Michael Johnson, right? Michael Johnson was a guy who he had a couple of years ex with explosive numbers of sacks, but for the most part, it was about five, six, seven sacks a year. Played well against the run as well and set the edge very well, set up other players to be successful. And the Bengals had some of those great Mike Zimmer defenses with Michael Johnson there. I'm not saying this kid's going to be Michael Johnson, but in the same vein, he is a kid that can play the run pretty well, set the edge pretty well, and occasionally get to the passer. If you listen to Mel Kuyper Jr.'s breakdown of him when the Bengals made the pick, Mel Kuyper kind of said, you know, he, he, he kind of never really exploded off the film. You know, but he just he he did things kind of pretty well. He did everything kind of pretty well. And there were times where he had a couple of good games and then he would taper off a little bit. So that's what caused him to go to the fifth round. I think I, I think the thing is here and, and the big 
the big problem I think some of the people have with this pick is it wasn't offensive line. And I think, you know, they're sitting here saying, where's the offensive line help? Where's the offensive line help? Maybe this guy wasn't talked about in terms of a lot of Bengals mock drafts, not on a lot of people's radars, but uh, you know, he was a guy, I think he was in the top 100 in terms of the PFF, uh, PFF uh, post senior bowl rankings. He was, he was right around there. Now, granted that probably changed as more months went on, but around February, as I looked back at some things, he was kind of in their top 100 of, a, of, a, of players, a coach's kid, uh, Matt Minich, who's in, who was on this program. He, uh, you know, he noted that he's a coach's kid, Davis Gaither, same thing. So the character thing, right? The Bengals had a chance to take Sadiq Charles, who went a few picks after Davis Gaither, maybe even a bigger need, maybe even a more talented player by some accounts, but problems, off-field problems. And the Bengals are not going down that road. Willie Gay was a guy they could have looked at. They didn't go that route. They went with guys who are a little bit more high character and a little bit more trustworthy in terms of what they can bring to the Bengals. But I, I mean, I think, I think that, you know, you look at what the Bengals have done and you got to be pretty pleased. The problem is this is a year where if the Bengals had a couple more picks, you may be able to say, okay, there's your offensive lineman snuck in at, at, with another fourth round pick. There's your, there's, you know, you can kind of, if the Bengals had the amount of picks they had in last year's draft, they would have set themselves up in a great way. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. I, I saw some people asking about Andy Dalton. Absolutely zero news on that from what I've seen in terms of a possible trade to get a pick. And now we're, we're entering the sixth round. So I don't know. I don't know if, if there's going to be any movement. And if so, I mean, you're, you're looking at potentially a guy with not with minimal immediate impact. So that's, that's kind of where we're at with this thing. But overall, I think the Bengals have done some, especially with their first four picks. I think they, they made some very, very good sound picks, marrying value with need. Some people said that Logan Wilson kind of had um, uh, a little bit of a, you know, a high two high second round grade, maybe even a late first, um, maybe like a Leighton Vander Esch type of type of value. Uh, if you want to look at a positional value type of that type, type of situation that way. So, you know, Davis Gaither, you know, a, a second round talent, probably third round talent, but fell because of the medical stuff to the top of the fourth. And this is, this is where it is beneficial to sit at the top of rounds, right? Where you're getting players that probably could have gone in the previous round, but you're getting them in the next round, you're getting good value. And the Bengals seem to be doing that. So, Look, a lot of people aren't thrilled with the with the last pick. I think it, Edge was a, a, a positional need that they wanted to to uh, address. Khalid Kareem out of Notre Dame is the guy they chose, and CBS seems to like the value of the pick at number five uh, in their fifth round there. So, this the Bengals are doing pretty good work this year. The other thing I want to address: the Bengals are a few minutes away from being on the clock here. Pick one seventy seven. Chiefs are on the clock. The Bengals pick at one eighty currently. The the other thing to note, uh, if you've been following me on Twitter, the Cincinnati Bengals are are seemingly using a lot of analytics, uh, namely in the form of potentially PFF. Joe Burrow in the 94s in terms of basically the highest graded uh, college quarterback I think they've ever had by their metric standards. 
T Higgins in the, uh, I think it was about 91 and that was before the championship game, Logan Wilson, right around 90, uh, in terms of their, their overall scores. Uh, Davis Gaither had high eighties in terms of pass rushing grades over the past two years. And this kid was low eighties. The, uh, Khalid, Khalid Kareem, he was low eighties in 2018 from a, a, you know, an edge defender standpoint. So, they are getting guys that graded well by PFF metrics, and they are probably using that, and maybe more so this year because they have to rely a bit more on that than some than these in-person appointments and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they've, they've needed to do that a bit more than in years past because of the COVID crisis. But these are these are guys that they're familiar with from the Senior Bowl. You know, the coaching there really helped them out. So that's that's probably why you're you're seeing uh, you know the effect you're seeing in terms of the guys they're picking i'm seeing a lot of other stuff uh yeah rob rob Ferger from facebook says uh, we needed linebackers and we got two and two good ones um you know I, I so that's good i saw some stuff about you know what's going on with andy dalton again very very quiet there and by the way there's some people also what you know for a long time uh tra- trade for trent williams trade for trent williams well he's gone and apparently, the Bengals have uh, the Bengals have missed out on a potential steal with Trent Williams because the 49ers got him uh, for a, a fifth round pick in 2020 and a third round pick next year. So he is not going to be a Bengal. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to bring in, we are going to be joined here by uh, James Clayton, producer of the show, uh, joining us from London, England. Uh, If you remember, James was one of our uh, interviewers in the Alex Highsmith interview that we did uh, basically a week ago. So, uh, James, are are you there? Can you hear me? How are you doing? Yeah, loud and clear. How's it going? Uh, Going well, going well. Uh, Thanks for joining us. I know I I got you a little last minute here. I was, I was, I'm kind of, 
Joe and I, I told the folks here earlier, we're going on the fly a little bit because the draft is kind of a fluid schedule, but um, you know, that's uh, to be expected, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, good to have you with us. Um, Look, I've got some of these grades here quickly before we announce the Bengals pick in uh, just a few minutes here. It looks like pick 177 is in. uh, Mm. So we're about three picks away from the Bengals being on there. Uh, your thoughts on what the Bengals have done so far, particularly in these uh, in these middle rounds? You know, I think I think it's pretty thoughts are pretty obvious about pick number one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah like but, you know what the Bengals have done really overall. Obviously, throw in Burrow there, but your thoughts on what the Bengals have done effectively in rounds two through five, and and you know really addressing the needs in rounds three through five. Yeah, I think I think they've kind of managed to find a the kind of middle way between BPA and need I think I think a lot of us thought that maybe they'd you know address O-line but as a lot of people have mentioned you know in oh he's gone uh basically that I think you know Zach Taylor hinted earlier in the process that you know they're not they're not going to go o-line and actually they really like players like you know michael jordan and bobby hart and fred johnson but i think picks uh round six is coming up very very quick very very soon and i i think i'd like them to go o-line here personally i think i think there are some good guys on the board you know i think is is prince tager still on the board I believe so. To be quite honest, setting up here, I've uh, I've lost a little bit of track of what's been happening over the past ten or so picks. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and and I had a, a brain fart earlier. I I tweeted out that I thought Terrell Lewis was going to be available in the top of the fifth, and it turns out he was <laughs> he was gone at the end of the third. It was just a lot to keep up with. So that I I made a. Uh, a mistake there, but Cincinnati, uh, the Cowboys are on the clock here. The Bengals will be coming up uh, in terms of their their potential pick. But your uh, y- have you like? Do you like what they've done so far with these picks, especially in the middle rounds? Yeah, I really like. Uh, I think a lot of people thought you know getting both Wilson and ADG was a bit kind of excessive, but I think again especially when they got davis gaper i think it was actually just uh them going for bpa i think i think it was pff said that of like the you know 500 so snaps he took in his senior year that he you know he rushed the passer and you know on the edge against the tackle like 200 times so again it's a kind of nice chess piece for anarumo uh and i think they're getting the kind of same same kind of chess piece type uh, player with Khalid Kareem. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they go for a kind of interior, you know, three technique guy here or because, I mean, there was a lot of rumors, especially with, you know, Black Lock at the top of round two. And I think it was Ben Baby said that he would, that they would look to address interior D-line at some point. Right. Uh, you're right, and that's that's possible. The other thing too that a lot of people are are forgetting, and I'm going to try and stream in here uh, the uh, the draft coverage here. Uh, so maybe hopefully people can kind of see what's going on there. But um, you know, I think 
The what people are also forgetting is the defensive back. They may look at another corner here. Um, some have gone yeah. off the board, so that's you know something to kind of think about. But uh, could be could be an option here. Uh, I don't know if this is if this video is going here. We'll try again. But the Bengals appear to be on the clock here. We'll try and stream that in here for the announcement of the pick. But uh, yeah, I mean. Um, Davis Gaither's a guy that brings versatility, kind of a hybrid piece in a defense. Uh, Ooh, they give you some pass. What's they that? They took Bradley Annoy. The Cowboys. Interesting pick. So we're having a little trouble streaming here. Unfortunately, we'll try this again. But uh the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock apparently the pick is in so we'll get to that in just a second um I think unfortunately ESPN's site is not working for us as well as I had hoped um yeah it's not working there so we'll we'll announce it live here uh Oh, so the Bengals took an offensive lineman, and it is a player that Coach Matt Minich really likes, Hakeem Adeniji, the offensive tackle out of Kansas. Um, 48 consecutive starts to finish the career. So that is a player, if, by the way, you wanted to see some day three gems, go look at Matt Minich's uh, uh, film review of Hakeem Adeniji. He was all over that guy. So credit to Matt Minich, who, by the way, will be joining us uh, in about at the conclusion of round six, we'll be back on the air. He will be joining us as will John Sheeran. We are joined right now by producer of the show, James Clayton, who's been instrumental in getting us quite a few interviews and other opportunities here. But James, the Bengals get tackle. They didn't get a, a guy that maybe some fans liked or, or knew about. Um, so, but this is a kid I think has a lot of upside and, uh, you know, not Kansas isn't a powerhouse football program, but um, I think if you if some some film guys if if you go back and look at it, they like this kid. Yeah, I think I think that's good value if you look at I mean most you know big boards PFF. I can't remember exactly where he has. I mean I could look it up now, but I'm pretty sure they had him at, you know a lot higher than 180. Uh, they I think they announced the pick as a guard, which is interesting. Or did I get that wrong? Uh, I well, I have it muted, so I didn't actually hear the the true announcement there. But um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, he's probably he's a guy that brings you tackle guard versatility. Exactly. I think I, I think the issue, and, and that's what you want at this point in the draft, especially for a guy that has a number of starts. I think it was forty plus starts, consecutive starts. So he's durable. He's got some good film. And potentially you get versatility. And that's, James, I mean, we were talking about this with the Davis Gaither pick. That's what you want at, when you have a limited am amount of picks. You want guys that can do a couple of different things for you. So Gaither can play in space a little bit and rush the passer. A kid like this could be a tackle guard swing. I think probably if they did announce him as a guard, they probably did so because maybe they picture him more as a guard the athleticism at the for the NFL level as a tackle maybe isn't there, but in a pinch, he could be a backup tackle and bring some versatility. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's one of those guys that comes in, maybe competes at guard, probably wouldn't win a starting spot, but as he kind of you know, learns the game, can maybe move back out to tackle. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I agree with your thing. I think they're really looking for first kind of versatile guys. And Khalid Kareem, again, this is, I think the one guy you missed out is a guy that can play on the edge, but also kind of move into five technique. I saw on, I think it was his NFL, his NFL.com uh, comparison was Kerry Wynn, not to scare anyone. Really? But, uh, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Probably not that accurate, but yeah, I think, I think that's, it's really, it's really telling. They're going for, they're going for guys they think can, especially in the kind of later kind of rounds where they're projected backups, guys that can play a couple of positions. Yeah, so the Bengals, I mean, they wait till round six, but they get a tackle guard. Some people are saying it was announced as a guard in, in our live chat. Some people are saying it was announced as a guard. It was announced as a tackle. It's like, well, I, to be honest with you, if you know anything about this team, they like versatility and they, they have long loved versatility on the offensive line, guys who could play multiple positions. There was a question that uh, someone had asked before this pick was made. What about Calvin Throckmorton, the guy who kind of plays – He's kind of a Swiss Army knife guy along the offensive line, yeah. played at Oregon. And they loved him at the Super, uh, they, the Super Bowl, the Senior Bowl. Yeah, uh, they did. They did, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, again, that maybe shows that that was the kind of, you know, the archetype that they wanted, you know, a guard, a guard, you know, tackle. I mean, Ed Energy doesn't have any starting, as you said. I think he played just four years straight up a tackle. Right. But – uh yeah, I think I think it's interesting that they'll they want guys that can play guard and tackle. Throckmorton is a guy. I don't even know that he will be drafted. He's he's a guy who's versatile. Um, and I could be wrong. He might have uh, he might have flown off the board while we were talking here. I, I hadn't paid too close attention, but oh, I think yeah. he's still available. So, but he's a guy that kind of like uh, Keaton Sutherland, the guy they grabbed last year as an undrafted free agent, the guy from A and M that Jim Turner was familiar with rock Morton. If he makes it as an undrafted free agent, that could be a guy that they look at bringing in because of their interest level in him at the senior bowl, because of his versatility. That's where I see a guy like that coming. Um, before I get to a couple of other questions, again, this is the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. He's James Clayton coming to us from London. So Happy to have him with us. He's been uh, with us for a couple of months now in a producer role, helping us land some of these interviews that we've had. And we're happy to have him with us, breaking down some of these picks, especially these later ones today. The the James, you, you talked about him a little bit. I think there's a little bit of a, a mixed opinion on uh, uh, the fifth round pick there, the edge player. Any other additional insight you have on him? Because, you know, I, I think a lot of people kind of were taken aback a little bit. You know, you could have had a Prince Tega Winogo, you know, a couple of these guys, Jack Driscoll, T Taylor Biotic went like a pick or two before. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of unfortunately playing that against, <laughs> against this kid, but look, I don't think he's ever going to be a star in the league. I, I, I don't think there's enough, athleticism, et cetera, for him to be a starting player. But as a rotational piece up front, the Bengals have mentioned and, and let everybody know they wanted rotational edge rush help. And maybe this is a kid who provides that for them, maybe in the mold of like an Andrew Brown. Um, yeah. You know, this kid's not more, not like, not the D tackle moving to DN once in a while. He's kind of an edge guy, but he is a movable piece. So maybe he's a rotational guy in there that can get you a few sacks a year 
get you some pressures and just keep guys fresh up front. Yeah, I think he uh, he again is a nice rotational piece. Maybe he is. I don't know Andrew Brown's replacement. If you know, he's a guy who's probably on the you know on the bubble as of now, especially if they go interior in the you know round seven. But he kind of he so he ticks the boxes we were talking about. You know, recurring themes and especially these day three picks. You see, I don't think he went to the senior bowl if I'm right. Uh, but he's he's versatile and also importantly, he's a high character guy. And I'm pretty yep. sure he was a he was a captain. Yep. Notre Dame uh, and that's the kind of and you know he interviewed very well at the combine seems like a you know fairly charismatic guy and that's the kind of guy that, that they, they look as if they're after and they don't want yep and coach's kid uh so they they like okay. that um you know so there's uh, I mentioned that before you joined us um you know Davis Gaither and and uh, their fifth round pick there were were both coaches kids and they had to like that. I think they were both captains. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think the Bengals did weigh heavily some of their their interview time, et cetera, with some of these guys. So that's that's what made the pick here. But identity is a is a good value there. I, I mean, I don't foresee him coming in and start taking over the starting right tackle job or a starting right guard job right away, but definitely yeah. could compete with. Uh, you know that open guard spot. If that's if that's where he was announced, maybe supplant Bobby Hart in a year or two. Bobby Hart was a seventh round pick himself. So these guys on yeah. the offensive line, they get starting opportunities if they're day three picks. That happens, especially interior offensive linemen. Uh, you know that that happens. So I don't know that he's going to be a day one starter, but this is a guy with his versatility and uh, some of his film, his durability. They got to like some of that. Yeah, I, yeah. There's Bobby Hart, you know Fred Johnson, who I yep, still Fred think has a chance of starting. I think he was a seventh. Was he seventh round or undrafted? I think he was undrafted. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. It says says it says it all. I think. Yeah, I think he, th- there's a strong chance he might get some. He might if if there's you know a lot of injuries. Hopefully not. You know we've got pretty pretty injury prone O line historically that he might he might come in and get some get some reps at. You know, tackle or guard. I also wanted to ask you, just kind of by by popular demand, about Thad Moss. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that know, was one of the ones I was going to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think the Bengal fandom saw like you know I was seeing on you know live streams and and whatnot that they should they should look at him in the fourth round which I was very, very strongly against. But, I mean, now you're going into the seventh round. There is there is some value there in the seventh round. I think in the seventh round, you just take any yeah. guy you think can contribute. Yeah. Um, and he has, he has, you know, he has the relationship with Borrow. Maybe it is something they'll, they'll have a think about. It's, it's uh, yeah, the, the relationship factor and, and uh, you know, rapport with, with Burrow has to be has to be taken into account. By the way, it looks like uh, Natani Muti was taken. He's not. I, I don't believe he's available as of uh, the 184th pick with Carolina. Yeah, uh, what's that? He was he was the uh, he was the pick after Adenogy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I missed that while we were talking about it. But Prince Tega Winogo is still uh, as of now available. I believe um, he's one of Mel Kiper Junior's best available. Uh, it, 
but and then of course there's another there's Lamar Jackson, not that Lamar Jackson, the cornerback out of Nebraska, who's an interesting name. You've it's also Greenfield out as well. Yeah, and I, I you've also got you know who's an interesting player is Eno Benjamin, uh, the running back. You know yeah. I know I know running back is not necessarily what the Bengals need right now, but you've got Joe Mixon's contract coming up after this year. You. You know, G- Giovanni Bernard's getting up there in age. Rodney Anderson coming off of two ACL injuries in, a, in two consecutive years. There might be a need for someone like that, especially if they can bring a little bit of uh, receiving skills. So, you know, Benjamin would be interesting. But, um, yeah, I really you know, I, I think here, yeah, he'd be good value. But let's let's talk about Moss. I mean, yeah, this might just kind of be, hey, let's take a flyer on him. Uh, you know, if you look at him, he, he's not going to test well athletically. Um, he's not, unfortunately for him, he's got his father's name, but he is not, he does not have that skill set. but he is a big body. He knows how to move the chains. He came on in the red zone late in the year and was a nice security blanket for the, uh, for, for Joe Burrow there. I, I, like you was saying, I, I maybe fifth round was the earliest I would have gone with him. Uh, and even then, I wasn't sure that I was so comfortable at that point. Yeah. Seventh round pick, uh, especially if you've got a Prince Tega Winogo off the board. Maybe you're not enamored with some of these defensive backs that are left. That, to me, maybe maybe that makes sense. Or if he somehow makes it through, maybe that's one of your undrafted free agents. Yeah, I've, I've just got to announce, I think Miami just took a long snapper. So, congratulations. <laughs> okay. Um, I think... Yeah, Miami's had an interesting loss, to say the least. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Moss still, even in the seventh. There are a lot of there are a lot of other good tight ends. Yeah, Hunter um, Bryant, I believe, is still yeah, available in Washington. He's a really interesting because I mean, he's like a kind of between a big slot guy, really has very little blocking ability for an inline tight end. Right, right, right. Cheyenne O'Grady, I think, is still there. He's an interesting guy out of Arkansas. But it, I mean, it's telling that Bengals fans really want Thaddeus Moss, and and probably I wonder if maybe because I mean, there's all of this stuff coming out. I think it was Schefter, you know, that Burrow's been in contact with the organization for you know the past couple of weeks and has been reading the playbook. Whether maybe he hinted at them going after some LSU guys in round seven or free agency. Yeah, apparently he was Burrow was on with Mo Egger uh, in in the local Cincinnati radio shortly after he was drafted and was asked something similar and he gave a different answer than what Schefter put out there. So who knows? I mean, yeah, I think yeah, probably yeah, I in these in these, in these uh, you know in these pre-draft meetings they held, it's probable that um, you know it's probable that uh, some of the schematic things and stuff were discussed. We're going to get out of here in just a minute, um, James. If, if you had to put a grade on what the Bengals have done with their first six picks, what would, how would you grade it? I I like it overall. I think if I just seen that list of players pre-draft, like pre without any context, I would probably give it an A+, plus, maybe an A. But with a couple of things like, you know, Josh Jones being there and pick, you know, pick 65, and you know, and other guys I really like uh, falling more than expected. I would probably relegate it to maybe just a B plus, I think. But I'm I'm still okay. super excited 
about all of this okay. stuff. So one of our listeners reminded me, it's a point I brought up a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, but one of our listeners reminded me that, uh, you know, the other thing with the Bengals and their offensive line situation, a lot of people wish they maybe addressed it a little earlier. I, I brought this point up a while ago, and like I said, I was just reminded of it. They, they are tops at the waiver wire claim. So when it's June 1st cuts, when it's final cuts, that sort of thing, if there is an offensive lineman that floats out there, maybe a veteran guy, um, you know, these, the, that's, that may be where they pounce on somebody and they have the first right of, of refusal on, on some of these waiver wire claims. So that's, yeah. that's something to note, um, in terms of how they may be able to additionally help not only their offensive line, but their team in general, but we're going to get out of here. Cause we're going to do another show in just a little bit with Matt Minnick and John Sheeran will be joining us as well, kind of wrapping up the entire class. So please join us for that. It will be on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page and our YouTube channel. But we wanted to come at you with the first picks on day three. We will be wrapping up. Uh, I can't wait to hear what Matt Minnick has to say about the Adenogy pick because I know he was big on him. So, uh, James, very good having you on once again. Thanks for all the work you are doing behind the scenes. He, by the way, folks, he has already been in contact with some representatives to potentially get some of these draft picks on our program coming up here. So we'll see how that works out. Hopefully yeah. we can get that going. Yeah. I, I like to think so. I've, I think there's quite a bit of traction with getting uh, ADG on the show. He's a, he's a great guy. And, and yeah, that'll be, that'll be really fun. And yeah. you know, some music comments and yeah, I just, I can't, I can't wait for all of these guys to, you know, get, get in their Bengals gear and get out on the field. Yep, I, I, you know we're not in the we're not in the business of over promising and under delivering, but I know you've been doing work and you've come through no, on no, many no, interview. No, no. You've come through on many interview opportunities, including uh, Alex Highsmith, who unfortunately went to the Steelers on on it's night two. Yeah, I know. I, I almost, uh, I, almost texted, I almost texted him saying congratulations or whatever, but I was like, oh, I'll let him be. Uh, <laughs> so Alex Highsmith, Trey Waynes. You were instrumental in getting us Solomon Wilcox onto the program as well. And we can't thank you enough for your work that you've done. Stay safe out in London, my friend. Thanks for coming on the show. For those of you tuning in live, we're uh, again, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Megaphone, YouTube, and all of the stuff is on CincyJungle.com. We'll be back on here in just a little bit with Coach Matt Minnett and John Sheeran to break down the entire draft class. For James Clayton, I'm Anthony Cazenza. We hope you've enjoyed the first six rounds of the draft. We'll see you in a little bit.